The decision hasn't come lightly. I mean, I have, for the sort of last 10 years, wanted this. Worth every shot with Yaz. I kind of did hope that in my 30s I might meet somebody, but it hasn't worked out that way for me. Yasmin here and just earlier this week I did get a text at the start of my radio show from Anne to ask where I was with my fertility journey and just how it was all going well I've actually taken a little bit of a break from the whole egg collection and transfers and I've decided to work on my diet and lifestyle so I've stopped drinking I'm trying to get more sleep that one I'm kind of struggling with but uh, yeah I have changed my diet and somebody that's going to help me actually with that and someone that will help you if you're maybe trying to do the same thing is someone we're just about to speak to please welcome Welcome to today's episode of Worth Every Shot, fertility nutritionist Ashleen Forey. Thank you so much for joining me today, Ashleen. You're very welcome. Well, what you're going to be talking to us about is certainly something that I am certainly going to be taking note of. Uh, firstly, Ashley, are there any sort of telltale signs that your body can give you to let you know it's kind of ready for a baby? Well, I wouldn't say there's like a definitive telltale sign, but the things that I do look out for, the things that um, your body will let you know if it's ready for a baby, there are some fertile signs that we would look out for. Um, Firstly would be a regular menstrual cycle. So typically that would mean that your hormones are in balance. um, That's really important for fertility. And also having those regular cycles and Um, A lot of people think a cycle has to be 28 days or it's not regular, but for some people this varies from maybe 26 to 35 days. Um, Other things we would look out for for fertility would be basal body temperature. So tracking your BBT, you might see it um, recorded as this can help you identify if there's any patterns in your menstrual cycle and particularly we're looking out for ovulation. So your body basal temperature tends to rise and remain elevated until you know after you've ovulated. So you need to ovulate to get pregnant. We need that egg to be released. Um, and another sign we would look for around that midsection of the cycle is changes in the cervical mucus. So again, this is another sign that you've ovulated. And I would all say to clients, don't rely on ovulation sticks alone, I would be looking at your temperature and your cervical mucus. So um, during around the time of ovulation, the cervical mucus will become quite clear, slippery and stretchy. You'll hear it um, discussed as egg white um, kind of consistency. And it's really important to get to know that. It's really important to get to know your own body. Um, the, The mucus changes around that part of the cycle so that the sperm can move um, through through your body more easily and the pH changes slightly so it accommodates the sperm. Um, some people will say they feel ovulation pain or a little bit of discomfort around that time when you really get to know your body very well and also your libido, so your sexual desire will increase around about that time. So those are like the telltale signs um, that your body is fertile, ovulating, and you've got a good regular cycle. But overall, now a lot of people have all these signs and still struggle to get pregnant. When that happens, you'll be starting to look at other other things like thyroid health, gut health, maybe vaginal microbiome. And that's where we would take that deeper dive into your fertility to see exactly what else is going on. The big question, well, for, certainly for me, uh, and I would uh, need, to, I'd love to know the answer to this. But the big question is, uh, can you, in your opinion, actually improve egg quality? 
Yes, this is definitely a big yes now. There's a lot of research, a lot of um, scientific papers have been done on egg quality. Now, there is no set test. We can actually test sperm quality, but not egg quality yet. But indicators of improved egg quality would be good fertilization rates after maybe IVF. So we know that things that we can do prior to IVF cycles can actually improve that egg quality. Some of the things that I would work on with my clients who've potentially come to me and had failed IVF, unsuccessful IVF cycles previously because um, the embryos didn't implant or the eggs didn't fertilize even to embryo stage. I would take a real close look at diet, um, making sure there's lots of nutrition in there, um, taking out all the processed foods, adding in lots of whole grain foods, nuts, seeds, um, lots of dark leafy green vegetables, food really that contains a lot of antioxidants. Because when the egg is actually maturing in that final stage, that final 90 days before the egg is actually matured enough you know, to to be extracted for IVF mm-hmm. or for a natural pregnancy. During that time, um, the egg can actually be exposed to quite a lot of free radicals in the area that it's maturing. And we need to make sure that what we're putting into our body doesn't add to that load, but actually comes along and mops up the free radicals that do the damage to the egg. So that, that's where your antioxidants come into play. That's where your green leafy vegetables, your blueberries, raspberries, but other things as well, such as adequate hydration can really help um, with that issue, regular exercise, so all these things that we know. And another big one would be managing stress levels. Chronic stress doesn't necessarily have to be having a really like horrendous day at work. Chronic stress can be waking up in the morning and your phone starts to beep with all the messages and all the things that you have to deal with during the day. Chronic stress can also be like a toxic relationship or, um, you know, not having boundaries with your family. All of these things contribute to the egg quality. So there are things that you can do to counteract that, such as putting in place like a small meditation during the day, um, maybe a yoga practice, deep breathing. All of these things have been shown to lower those stress hormones. So what you're doing then is you're giving those developing, maturing eggs a bit of a better chance um, you know, and the egg quality can improve if it's if it's given that chance. Other toxins, we talk about um, environmental toxins. So things like cigarette smoke, pesticides, chemicals. Um, chemicals, these chemicals can come from things like your personal care products. They can also impact our egg quality. And we know that very clearly now. There's been a lot of research done in the last five to ten years on that. Everything that you put on your body gets absorbed into your body. Everything that's put on your skin is absorbed in. And then things that we can do to improve the egg quality as well are supplements. So a really individual, individualized um, supplement plan. So not just, you know, everyone having the same supplements, they don't agree with that. With my clients, it's very individualized, very unique to their needs. So then with egg quality, the key word is antioxidants. The, the antioxidants protect the DNA of the egg, and that's where the quality factor comes, because this is the recipe. This is half of the recipe for the growing baby. Um, you know, and we go into a much deeper level with that, probably more than what we can go into today, but there is a, um, 
you know, a little part of the egg which is called the mitochondria. The mitochondria is like the energy battery, the power pack of the egg. And, and you think of all the things that that egg has to do once fertilized it, once it's given the chance to fertilize. There's a huge amount of work for the egg and sperm to do. And um, the mitochondrial health is really, really important for that to happen. And as we get older, that generally takes a hit in all areas, all cells of our body. So that can be one of the reasons to explain why age can impact our egg quality. That's it. I, I did hear it. Some someone had said, you know, when you're older, you can, you can sort of, I suppose, afford to maybe sort of burn the candle at both ends. But as you get older, your eggs need your energy more than ever. Mm-hmm. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, it's all. That's all related to these more complex processes that we know that go on inside the egg. Yeah, and we just we need to support that. So, what we can do is, you're not. It's not that you're growing new eggs from scratch. Better eggs. It's what we're doing is we're supporting the environment that they're maturing in and giving them the best chance possible and adding things in that will actually help keep that environment nice and clean and taking out other things that are potentially going to damage the maturing egg. And you've gone over some some great steps you can take. Uh, one of the things that, that I'm doing just now is I've, I've uh, stopped drinking. I think that's probably quite a good thing is to, to, to stop drinking alcohol. Yes, no, that's a big thing. Yeah, alcohol really... There's a lot of, some people are afraid to say don't drink alcohol because there is a lot of stress on, you know, people trying to conceive. Mm -hmm. But actually the research clearly shows that, um, you know, the toxic process that the alcohol causes within your body is is detrimental to the health of the egg and sperm. So I, I would recommend zero alcohol when you're trying to conceive, especially if you're in the process of building up to maybe IVF. Um, or you've got like a set date, you're going to try to start trying to conceive three months before I would avoid alcohol for that reason. Oh, I'm glad you said that because that's what I'm doing. I'm working on that, that, sort of that 90 okay. days. Yeah. So, uh, so some people's fertility is described as unexplained fertility and you would say not to accept that. Is that true? That's true, yes. So um, unexplained generally, uh, a lot of my clients come to me and they say to me it's unexplained and they're really, really disheartened and they're really lost. I would say it's more unexplored infertility. Mm-hmm. So just all the avenues haven't been explored yet. And um, I work on a functional medicine approach. So we would try and really like investigate, put the detective hat on, try and find out why things aren't going the way they should go. And a lot of things actually affect fertility that people don't wouldn't initially think. It's not, it goes way beyond the reproductive organs. Um, and sometimes there are things that do happen in the reproductive organs that, you know, potentially we just aren't aware of yet. Research hasn't got that far yet. But a lot, what I find is a lot of my clients come to me maybe undiagnosed things like Hashimoto conditions, you know, um, to do with thyroid, um, vaginal microbiome um, is another big issue that I see that um, clients maybe are getting pregnant, but then they have recurrent pregnancy loss. Um, and that can be associated with bacterial overgrowth in the vagina that is, is completely symptom-free. Um, you know, or a lot of um, maybe clients didn't realize actually their gut issues go deeper than what they had first realized, or food intolerances, all of these things can all contribute. Because what happens is there's an, over, there's a, you know, an overriding burden in the body of inflammation. 
and um, inflammation can really have a big impact on your pregnancy. It can impact your hormones. Um, it can impact everything. So there's a lot of I, that's the kind of things that I would take. You know, take a really um, long consultation with the client from birth right until current day, and looking at all the systems in the mm-hmm. body and trying to see if there's anything else there that's contributing. And sometimes things are just undiagnosed, and I don't diagnose, I never do. I would send my clients back to their GP. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if we suspect that something's not right, but also we can look at um, just taking a deeper dive into hormones. You know, sometimes hormones, blood tests come back. Clients would bring their GP blood tests to me, and everything's fine. But actually, when I look at those blood tests, Things are not always okay. There might be some nutrient deficiencies which really, really impact fertility. Um, there, there can, you know, there can be like thyroid TSH maybe just slightly too high, which for the normal population would be okay, but for someone trying to conceive, it's not within those recommended um, levels. So that's I would take a real good look at all the bloods as well, and potentially run some more bloods or testing if needed. That's great. It's all about oh, kind yeah. of being thorough, really, isn't it? Because I mean, one you mentioned really earlier, one thorough. size does not fit all in on this no. journey for sure. And um, I've been on your website. I've actually downloaded the, the you, you do like a seven day fertility plan meal plan because I, I didn't really yeah. know where to start with it I mean I was eating the same sort of things every day and I wanted to mix it up a little bit so I'm actually having your uh, <laughs> it's like a burrito bowl sure. thing tonight yeah and I had the kedgeri last <laughs> week so are there, it's really tasty <laughs> as well so are there certain things that you would kind of advise I mean you touched on some of them anyway but that you'd advise people to sort of add to their diet if they are trying to get pregnant yes so everyone knows about supplements so the supplements that are really important for fertility are, you know, folate, iron, omega-3s, antioxidants. But we can get those through um, a variety of different supplements. But there are foods that, you know, really are a must for fertility. Um, one of the big mis- or, you know, misconceptions with fats are that fat is actually is, is bad for your body, but it's not. Like I would say to my clients, when you're trying to conceive, make sure you're going for the full fat. You need fat in your body to make hormones. So I would say go for, you know, full fat yogurts, full fat milk, you know, go for your full fat cheese. Again, leafy greens at least once a day. So a big handful of salad greens added onto the side of your plate, whatever you're having. Um, um, definitely, like they bring a lot of antioxidants with them. They, and these things can all support ovulation they improve your overall reproductive health. Um, but if you're pregnant as well, they bring a lot of nutrients that are really needed and that women can generally be very low in during pregnancy. Um, and I would say, again, lots of brightly colored food, lots of citrus fruits, you know, oranges, grapefruits, all those sources of vitamin C, they're really, really supportive of progesterone. And a lot of women are low in progesterone. Generally, it's due to stress, but it can be due to a lot of other um, issues as well but stress is a big one for keeping progesterone down low so I would say get your vitamin C's in every day add them to salads add them to your breakfast um, and then berries are great as well like blueberries strawberries they're low in sugar but they're really high in those really protective antioxidants and vitamins and minerals um, and then fatty fish um, we just don't eat enough of it and that's why I've added a few of those 
um, you know, the, the oily fish recipes into the mm. chili food plan because we really struggle in this country. I don't know what it is, um, but the, the fatty fish that I would really be recommending you have two portions a week are salmon, sardines, um, you've got herring, uh, mackerel, you know, those are cod, you'll get a little bit, but you're not getting those really essential omega-3 fatty acids. Um, and then whole grains as well provide lots of B vitamins, lots of fiber. Fiber is really important to keep your bowels moving and to eliminate toxins and um, used hormones, keep the hormonal balance right. And I would be adding in things like nuts and seeds that are really nutrient dense and lots of antioxidants. Um, again, some of your, your healthy fats are in there and fiber. Um, avocados are great. And just, again, colorful veg. So lots of variety. You know, make sure you're not eating the same thing every day because that can easily happen as well. So you want lots of variety because all the different colors of food provide all the different antioxidants, all the different phytochemicals. So you're getting lots of, you're getting that nice variety then. And also, if you're getting lots of fruit and veg in, you're more likely to stay away from the more processed foods. So you want to avoid packaged food too much because they're generally very low in nutrients. Well, I'm glad actually when you're talking there, I'm thinking I've, that I've had quite a good, good breakfast, good lunch today. I had the, you know, I've added the blueberries and it's a change from semi-skim yeah. to, to whole milk now and it's porridge I'm yeah. having in the mornings and flax seeds as well. I've got a tie on the, the old flax seeds on the porridge and the, the it's quite yeah, nice to have it in yogurt exactly. as well, yeah, because it's kind of grainy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, yeah. Do you, are you blending those flax seeds? They're or? already melt. The ones I've got are kind of milled so they're like powder yeah so okay. i just bought them yeah. and then i'm having them with um full fat yogurt and and um my, my porridge in the morning as well and and are there any sort of other sort of healthy habits to incorporate when when trying to get pregnant yeah so whenever um a client works with me i will won't just look at food um you know we'll we look at their whole lifestyle so you know, generally there's five pillars of health. One of, only one of them is nutrition. One of them is diet, and that's really important, and I will really hone in on that. But if, every, if all of the other pillars like stress and exercise and sleep and mindset, if they're also not um, being worked on, then you're kind of fighting a losing battle. I find like really holistically looking, looking at everybody individually, um, I find that a lot of people now are really struggling with sleep and sleep is very, very important for egg quality and sperm quality. And it's very important in those three months on the run-up to trying to get pregnant. And a lot of people aren't sleeping now. We have Netflix on repeat. You know, we're looking at a lot of blue screens in the evening, such as your mobile phone emits blue light, laptops, TVs. So it's really about um, trying to be in bed kind of around half ten at night, maybe an hour before that, not having any devices around. So reading is very good before you go to bed, maybe listen to a meditation. Um, we know that a lot of repair in the body happens at night if you can, if you can get to sleep before 11, 11.30. If you miss that window, then you're missing out on, on that kind of that, you know, part of the night where your body does repair. And the, our body also produces some hormones called melatonin, sleep hormones. And I always say to my clients, your sleep cycle actually begins in the morning. So if you can get outside in the morning with your cup of water or whatever and expose your eyes to the morning light, that's you actually, 
you know, starting to improve your sleep cycle from the morning. So by nighttime, your body is on a better, um, you know, it's, a, it's in a better routine and it knows that it's now coming up towards nighttime. And if you don't expose it to any more blue light, you will have a better sleep. Um, exercise is another one. I find that some clients are over-exercising, which is not good for fertility. It puts your body into a state of stress and your body wants to be safe to be pregnant. Over-exercising produces a lot of stress hormones and um, a lot of free radicals, which will damage the egg and sperm. So we really want to try and find that nice in-between. You want to be sweating a couple of times a week, definitely getting your heart rate up. That's really good for your circulation. Um, And weight-burn exercises, weight-lifting, resistance training is really, really good for women, for blood sugar control and um, for hormone health. So I'm trying to shift women from, you know, the runners running a little bit less and maybe doing a bit more weightlifting, that kind of exercise. Um, and then obviously smoking, alcohol, still a lot of people are social smoking and having alcohol at the weekends and it just sets you back. You know, it's like you do all the all the good stuff during the week and take all your supplements and all, but you can't out-supplement that kind of lifestyle um, is just going to, you know, prolong your time to getting pregnant. And then a biggie for me is environmental toxins, which I've already touched on. So I would get my clients to have a real close look at all their personal care products, all their cleaning products, um, at their water. You know, I would really like it by getting a water filter. Um, and it doesn't all have to be done at once. This is something you can do with time as you go along. And and then if, you know, you do get pregnant and you bring home a baby, you're bringing home your baby into that cleaner environment as well. Really, really important. That's um, it. You'll make new habits as well. You've created new exactly. good, healthy habits. Yeah. And there are, sometimes they're easy swaps to make. Sometimes they're a bit more difficult. Yeah, I thought the no alcohol thing would have been really tough for me, but it's it's, it's, it's a lot easier than I thought it would be. It really has been yeah, all right, yeah. actually. You know, it, it can no, it can be tough for a lot of people. So you're just providing alternatives, and like in the last couple of years, the alcohol-free thing has really exploded. So yeah. there's a lot more options. You know, you can go out and have an alcohol-free drink without having to drink. Coca-Cola. That's it. Yeah, exactly. That's it. That's what I've been doing. And and they're very low in calories. I've noticed, like, I think a bottle of Heineken Zero is like 60-odd calories, which is, you know, so. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that is, it's, it's a lot easier. But, like you say, it's quite overwhelming if you're trying to change everything at the one time. But, like, it, like uh, taking things, like, make, sort of incorporate things gradually. And I'm kind of glad you said about the, uh, the weights. That's what I've been doing. I've been trying to do uh, weights and walking more, actually, walking and weights. Yeah. Lovely, that's a good combination. (laughs) So how have you helped people when it comes to their fertility then, Ashley? So a lot of people come to me and initially they are very focused on the female. It's generally the women that contact me. Um, And my clients are very overwhelmed. They're doing everything, taking all the supplements, you know, doing all the recommendations, really exhausted. They've exhausted the medical route of testing, um, so what I do is that I really break it down for couples and individualize it. So I say, you actually don't need to be doing that. You maybe just do this instead and get it really personalized to them and what their body needs. Um, so for some people, that's correcting their cycle, getting them ovulating again, 
cleaning up dead like sleep, um, dealing with any unresolved gut issues, you know, taking a deep dive into thyroid health, check for nutrient deficiencies. Like there's a long, long list of things. Um, and, and for some clients, it'll be a really quick, you know, they'll, they'll notice a difference really, really quickly. And for others, it's a bit more difficult to try and find out what's going on. Um, but I really, really encourage clients to work with me as a couple because it is 50-50. You know, mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, it was very hard to get the male partner involved. But now it is, there's a lot more on social media about it, a lot more awareness Um and really, it is a 50-50 issue now. I'm noticing that a lot of a lot of my clients have said to me, when well, my partner's had a semen analysis and everything's fine. And everything can be fine on semen analysis, but actually when you test the sperm DNA, and that's, that's, this is the test we don't yet have for the egg, and I wish we did have it. Mm-hmm. We do have it for the sperm, and the actual DNA in the sperm can be quite damaged. And that is, you know, in some cases, that's very easy to fix. 12 weeks or so of recommendations, we can really see that um, sperm DNA turn around. So it is worth, um, you know, everyone considering that, the male partner as well. Um, Yes, and and I just say to people, give me three months, Mm -hmm. you know, 12 weeks, really consistent, doing the work, taking the right supplements. Obviously, there's no guarantees, but it just gets you in a much better position then going forward to try. I wish that everybody would come and see a professional as soon as they start thinking about getting pregnant. But unfortunately, the clients come to me when they've been trying for quite a, quite a long time, maybe have been through you know, a couple of unsuccessful IVF um, procedures. And yes, yeah, it's just it's a difficult message to get across sometimes. And then that's uh, what you say is like 12 weeks is, is, is no time at all really giving you an extra fighting chance as well. Have you got any success stories that you can share with us? I've got plenty of success stories. <laughs> um, yeah, so like my most recent little baby that was born there a couple of weeks back, and um, this couple have been unexplained. So really told, left Fertility Clinic and just told to go off and relax and have a good time, take a holiday. They've been trying to conceive for two years um, and you know, both partners had attended the the NHS fertility clinic. Semen analysis was good. Nothing more was being done with him. So he was just going on normal day-to-day life. So the poor lady was, you know, thought it was all her. She had, she was carrying all the um, all the stress of it. So this lady had a history of weight gain and irregular cycles, and she since coming off the pill, you know, a couple of years before that. Um, and she was experiencing a lot of fatigue, which she thought was down to the stress of trying to conceive and unwanted facial hair. So she was showing all the signs of um, polycystic ovarian syndrome, mm-hmm. which really can make trying to conceive very, um, you know, really difficult. Women do get pregnant with PCOS, but it can make it more difficult. So nobody was willing to test any further because she had all her bloods done and her bloods were normal. But when I looked at the bloods, they weren't really normal. There was a couple of things with the hormones that were starting to go out of sync. Um, blood sugars were running a little bit high. So anyway, her, you know, a few other things came back, like her thyroid was a little bit higher as well. We tested for antibodies and sent her back to her GP, and she actually had an undiagnosed Hashimoto's, which is 
it's a it's an endocrine disorder. Mm-hmm. So then she was referred through to see consultants, and they just wanted to put her on medication, and she wasn't happy with that. So through diet. We worked on her diet. We really worked hard on her sleep because she wasn't sleeping at night. Um, we worked on her blood sugars and her weight started to come down. Um, we changed her exercise. I got her into you know, weightlifting and she noticed a huge change in her body. And within 12 weeks, she really felt like a different, a different woman. And then her husband agreed to come and work with me as well and do the sperm DNA fragmentation test. And it came back and he needed to do a lot of work on that, even though this gentleman that had normal semen analysis mm-hmm. um, so the two of them worked really really hard you know they worked with me for the 12 to 14 weeks and then they went off and continued that and in another three months after working with me then they were pregnant oh, brilliant. they just had their little baby <laughs> yeah and you know that's that, that's a couple who were you know unexplained but there was a lot going on you know and that's yep. unexplained I don't, I don't agree with that term it's just that the resources, you know, and sometimes don't don't dig deep enough. They don't have the resources there. That's not on the protocol of the NHS. So sometimes people just need to go a different direction to get answers. That's it. I think sometimes, you know, like like you say, that there is places that it's just it's they haven't got the resources like you say, and it's sometimes you are sort of like that one size fits all. So they, you know, they're not really digging deep, which is what you do, and I think that it's great because you know you have got those success stories. And um, so, if anyone wants to find out a little bit more about about your service, Ashley, how can they find you? So um, my little tagline on Instagram, I've got a fairly active Instagram page is your fertility nutritionist so I'm on there and you'll be able to find out a wee bit more about me and you can send me a message there um, that's what I generally do just as, a, as an initial contact and then we can have a chat I like to speak to everybody um, before I would sign anybody up for a program and actually quite a few people that have come to me for that initial chat I've been able to send them off and say you're not ready to work with me yet and signpost them off to go back to the GP and ask for a test. And they've actually gone off and done that and got pregnant themselves and didn't even need to work with me. So I'm quite happy to help people, you know, get direction. Um, I'll be able to say whether or not you're ready to work with me or not, whether you've exhausted all other avenues. Um, So that's the best way to get in contact with with me or my... um, I've got a website and on there there's a contact page. There's loads of information on my website. Um, and that's Ashling Forey Nutrition. So it's F O U R I E Nutrition. One of those names that no one gets. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, I, I know that feeling as well. <laughs> well, you know, I've been on the website, like I say, and I'm, I'm in the middle of uh, doing your fertility diet. That seven day plan you've got, which you send out for free, and it's fantastic. And I love following you on Instagram as well. So thank you so much for oh, being part you. of uh, the podcast today. You're welcome. Very welcome. And if anybody has any questions. They can get me, send me a question on, on the contact sheet on my website or Instagram. I'm quite happy to answer any questions. That's great. Thank you so much, Ashley. Thank you, Yasmin. And if you or anyone you know would like to be a guest on my podcast, then please do email me. Just use morvinbaby at hotmail.com. So that's M-O-R-V-I-N, baby at hotmail.com. And thank you for listening. Worth every shot. 